a playlist original. What's up? It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. I am so glad you're here. I am back from my little East Coast trip. It was so much fun, but I'm back to deep dive some of our favorite celebrity scandals of this week. But let's do a few like updates of things that I've covered in the past that I need to give updates on. So my trip was really fun. I met so many of my favorite and your favorite podcasters that I've collabed with over the last four years. I'm going to do an Instagram carousel with all of them on my timeline maybe later today. So it'll be up by the time you're listening to this episode. It was so much fun. I didn't get pictures with everybody which was like my b you know after a few drinks you just kind of forget you're either like really into pictures or really not into pictures but I'll post all the um, pictures that I have from the trip it was super fun it was serendipitous when I went out for lunch with Nick and some of our friends and folklore not just one song the entire album was playing in the restaurant Because again, since we live on different coasts, different countries, we've never actually listened to the music like really together. So it was really fun. So I'll post that picture too. And yeah, I just had a blast, but happy to be back and diving back into RTBP things. Okay, let's get to more updates. In episode 103, I chatted with Lindsay about my teenage jobs. I didn't talk about how I was a fucking mascot wrangler. Okay, so I actually now have a fear of mascots. And and I feel like this is mean, but when people had like phobias about some stuff like mascots, I'd just be like, okay, or like clowns. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, like we're adults. We, we all know what, there's a person inside and stuff like that. Until I developed a phobia of mascots, I really do not like it. Like, I don't often go to sporting events, but, like, when I'm watching a hockey game or something like that, and, like, the mascot is, like, walking down your aisle or, like, down the steps, like, towards you, I'm just, like, so freaked out. But in high school, I worked at this restaurant that had a large bird. It was red. I'm not going to say the name because it's a godforsaken restaurant, but... It was a large red bird and I didn't actually ever have to go into the costume. I think I was too short, but I would help the girl suit up. So she'd put like an ice pack vest on and then yeah, like the body and then the feet and then the heads. And then I would be like the wrangler. So I'd like walk her around the restaurant meeting kids and like handing out balloons and like they would give like high fives and stuff like that. So that was like all fine and dandy. I remember one time we went to this special event down at this really big park where I grew up and um, I was wearing my fucking khaki shorts and work shirt because that was like and like fucking sneakers because and the the, sh- the khaki shorts were like Bermuda length and um, that was like the the outfit the uniform at the time and I remember I saw this guy I liked at the park and I'm like walking around with this bird so obviously like the 
your eyes just go like immediately to the mascot and I'm like hey at least I'm not in the costume I guess if I was in the costume though I could have hid but it um oh I was just walking the bird around anyways I also talked about how I've been using snail mucin on my face okay so I'm never gonna buy that again because I looked it up what it was after when I couldn't explain it on the podcast and they make the snails anxious and then they like squirt out the mucin I guess so I'm like this seems problematic I don't want like I'm not vegan or veg but I don't eat a lot of meat or like tons of animal byproducts and it just I don't know it makes me sad to think that they're making the animal like scared before collecting its mucin just so I can look a little bit like younger and have more luscious skin so won't be buying it again but still do really like it I got a big bottle and yeah excited to continue also I looked up research because I'm a girly that will research the product before I put it on my face or body and there is like no good research done so probably stick to my hyaluronic acid or like a glycerin but it was just fun to try out I'm again such a fool for TikTok purchases in episode 104 we talked about how Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde were possibly in a feud She finally posted on her Instagram about the movie, which I'm very excited about. And I haven't been to a movie theater since 2019. So um, I'm going to, I think, watch it in theaters. But she posted like, can't wait for this movie to come out, like coming out so soon. And it's just so funny because with all of her other movies, she does like literal paragraphs And so I think that they saw the headlines. She was asked to post about it and she was like, what is the bare minimum that I could do for this post? And then she did it. So she is a fucking petty queen. In episode 105, we reference Monty Lopez. He's been coming up way too much. So he was cheating on Sherry. Again, he's Addison Rae's dad. And Tana Mojo surprisingly doesn't come up on this podcast a lot, but like she is a problematic queen her content is just so good but she's so bad like it's so it's so tough to consume but she's so fucking funny but she was talking on the Jeff Wittick podcast about how she has seen Monty out without Addison without Cherry making a big deal of taking off his wedding ring you know talking to young girls etc even though she didn't name him explicitly everyone knew who she was talking about and Monty like went off he was so fucking slut shamey and misogynistic he was like like basically calling Tana a slut asking what the audience thought her body count was it was just so fucking bad like this coming from a grown man was coming from anybody but like especially a grown man it was just absolutely disgusting so I feel really bad for Addison and Sherry I think they both still unfollow him but I don't know, these child stars, man, it's just, it's really sad. And then the other story we covered on 105 with Lauren and Jordan from Centennial Beauty was Chase Hudson releasing a new song apparently about Charlie D'Amelio and and Heidi D'Amelio responding on Twitter. The song finally came out. It's 
of course, all over TikTok, the chorus is like a new TikTok trend. I'm going to read you some lyrics and we can decide if we think they're about Charlie or not. So again, just a reminder, Charlie used to date Little Huddy or Chase Hudson, which apparently wrote this song with one other person, not Travis Barker. (laughs) And Charlie is now dating Chase's friend, Landon Barker, son of Travis Barker. And it's really interesting. And if someone could explain this to me, because I am still so confused, but like Chase Hudson was at the Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker wedding. They are friends. Travis Barker is like a mentor to Little Huddy. So then why is he putting out this song if it's about his son's new girlfriend? So I'm just so confused. So maybe again, it's all PR, but I would like even if I was a celeb and wanted PR and wanted my ex to do well because it seems like they're still friends I don't think I would be okay with them doing the these types of lyrics for um like any type of clout so a few years ago he released a song called America's Sweetheart and Charlie was featured in the music video and then this song is all the things I hate about you which come on seven things I hate about you did it better and will always do it better But anyways, these are some of the lyrics. I just love reading lyrics out on RTBB. Okay, take a bow. You've got everyone, everybody fooled. I got you figured out. Now you're choking on your words. Well, you should spit it out. Now that I gave you the world and you gave me hell. Which it's like, okay, he was in the hype house with Charlie. So it's like you didn't give her a career. She was literally the most followed person on TikTok And you're like definitely a cliff note or a little footnote in her story. And then the chorus is, and sing it with me because it's all over TikTok. I can't sing it. You're a showstopper, a bad liar, homie hopper, drama starter. All my friends are fucked. We all got you in common. You're so fake and everyone should know about it. And all the things I hate about you, which is like homie hopper, obviously maybe alludes to her dating Landon and then the thing about her sleeping with all his friends is like wild and then the last verse I'm gonna sing out sing out to you is you could have had a rock star but you chose up on a bum star bootleg version of me that's your loss had to find out through a photo hanging on your arm like a knockoff which is just like a bum star like oh my god this is so embarrassing but it is interesting because again they have very similar aesthetics and stuff so let me know what you think about Chase Hudson's new song I will say that the chorus is a little bit catchy but it's so slut me that I don't know it's very pop punk of the early aughts when we would like literally sing out the worst lyrics but we were in elementary school Last note before we finally get to today's episode, Jeanette McCurdy released a memoir called I'm Glad My Mom Died and I haven't read it yet. I actually don't think I'll read it. It's extremely heavy, but I have been listening to her in some interviews and I listened to Claire and Ashley cover it on Celebrity Memoir Book Club and really highly suggest watching or listening or doing both to that episode 
Um, I will give you a content warning. Please listen to it in a good headspace. Take care of yourself. Take breaks. All of that. She talks about her eating disorder, her mom's abuse, and the abuse of Dan Schneider, who is the creator of many Nickelodeon shows like iCarly, like Sam and Cat, like Victorious, and like our fave show, Zoe 101. So... I just wanted to mention that because we did talk a lot about Jeanette McCurdy not coming back to the iCarly reboot and just wondering why that was happening. And it is so very clear and so very valid of why she decided not to um, come back to the iCarly reboot. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Jeanette McCurdy. We talked about hashtag justice for Jeanette McCurdy way back in the day and yeah it still rings true okay it's been fun catching up (laughs) I hope you have a fun time listening to this episode let's get right to it here's my conversation with Leah I'm back with a very special guest Leah from the Ashley and Jessica cast is here Leah how are you I am so good and I am so excited to talk about these topics these are right up my alley (laughs) I know. We have so much to get into. I'm so excited. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about you and your podcast? Sure. Um, My name is Leah. I am an actress. I live right outside of New York City in New Jersey, and I am also an avid podcaster. I am obsessed with all the topics that I cover. So if you are looking for just Mm, overviews, summaries, not going to happen. It's detailed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Find like those 20 minute podcasts. I respect it. I don't know how they do it though. Neither. It doesn't work. I don't (laughs) get it. Like I can talk about one topic for 20 minutes. Exactly. So (laughs) yeah. So right now I'm doing a series on Lindsay Lohan, which is very in-depth. Episode 10 is out right now. Um, Episode 11 is coming out very soon. I'm on the jail time section of her life right now. So it's getting really intense. And uh, I started the podcast to, you know, obviously it's called the Ashley and Jessica. So I was covering all things Ashley and Jessica Simpson. And I still am. I do. I still do episodes on them, like in between Lindsay. So what I did about eight months ago now in January, I just expanded to other pop culture topics because as much as I love Jessica and Ashley, you know, there's only so many times I can say, Jessica actually isn't stupid, okay? She's so smart. Have you read her book? You know, it's just like, it's, it was getting repetitive. <laughs> so um, they're still, you know, they're still the stars of the podcast, but I'm covering other topics now. So I did a Benefer series. Um, when Scream came out, I did some episodes on that. And now I'm covering Lindsay and I'm trying to decide what the next series is going to be. Nice. Okay. I love that. And I was on your pod. We talked about a newlyweds episode that heavily featured Joe Simpson. It was so funny. Yeah. It was a disappointing episode. I think it was by far the worst one that I've seen. So I apologize. And I'm so grateful that you were on because I needed somebody that was very pop culture literate and could have fun and wasn't just going to be like, what is this? You know, why? Like, where is Jessica? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. How did you get into pop culture? Like, how do you have such a, like, an in-depth knowledge of, like, especially, like, obviously, like, 90s, 2000s, 2010s pop culture? Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Like, I don't remember because (laughs) it was that, (laughs) like, it was that I came out of the womb and I was like, what's going on with Madonna? Um, (laughs) But, 
No, I mean, my mom is super into it. My mom loves music and movies and she was a stay at home mom for the first like six years of my life. So she would always have movies or TV on when she would like play with me or if she would clean the house, she would always have music on. And, you know, I think some kids are like passive and they don't even notice what's on. And I was like transfixed and I was like, what is that? And who is that person? And what is this about? And she would like sit down and explain to me, you know, like what acting was and stuff. And, you know, I'm an actor now. So like it obviously was very influential. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I got that. That's kind of similar to me. Like we always just had People Magazine around. We always had entertainment news on in the background. So it was just like, I can't remember like when I pinpoint started following this stuff, but it just is like ingrained. It was just woven into my, like, you know, the fabric of my childhood. Exactly. I don't understand. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, people don't grow up that way and they don't, they're just not interested. Like some people will literally say to me, you know, why do you care so much about Lindsay Lohan? She doesn't even know who you are. She doesn't care about you. And I'm like, I don't need her to care about me. I have my mom and dad and my friends and I'm like, I'm good. I just, I just need her to entertain me and inspire me, which she has done since I was, you know, very little. And so I love her and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get that question not super, super often, but sometimes when I'm like, oh, I host a pop culture podcast, people are like, oh, like I'm not really into pop culture, but it's like, how can you not be when it's like (laughs) the most interesting people and stories and it has such a cultural impact on our lives? Like, I don't understand when people are like out of the pop culture sphere. Yeah. And I think I'm also just interested in people in general. Like if you invite me to a dinner party, I will go up to every person there at some point and be like, so what's the deal? How'd you meet your wife? You know, where are you from? What's your job? Like I will just, I'm interested in people. And so I think obviously famous people have this extra layer into their life where it's like, they don't just live their life. They have a constant mirror up to their life, which I think is terrifying and fascinating. And it just, like I care about what's going on with Jennifer Aniston. I do. Like I'm going to LA in a few weeks and if I don't run into her at Air One or something, I'm very <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed. Literally, I feel like I need an LA trip to just like walk around in Air One or like just yeah. hang out at like I don't know, Runyon or something like that just to bump into oh. somebody. I'm dying to go there because, you know, I always hear stories about people doing stuff like that. So I just want to be able to say, oh, I'm going to Runyon. I don't have time. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. meet up I'm with you. I'm on route to Runyon. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Will y'all have to report back if you bump into any celebrities? I was told if anyone had, if anyone wants to know a tip, I was told that if you go to Starbucks in the morning in Malibu, just the Malibu Starbucks and you just sit outside with your coffee, you will see like three celebrities. I would be there every morning then. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's natural. I I, like honestly working the industry, like I've been around celebrities a lot, but like Mm -hmm. not, I've never just run into one in LA. Totally. It's a different experience. It's so different. Yeah, not like meeting them after like a concert or a show or whatever. I just want to bump into, yeah, Jennifer Aniston on the street in her gray Mm -hmm. t-shirt and baggy jeans. Yeah, or Courtney Cox. The real win would be seeing the two of them together. Oh, That's, God, yeah. I'm manifesting that, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as you said, we have like a billion stories to cover today because I've been on vacation, so I've been a little bit out of the loop, so I'm so excited to talk about these stories today. First, we're going to talk about the Kardashians because how could we not? We're going to talk about Victoria Beckham and Nicole Peltz. 
We're going to talk about the Girls Next Level, the new Girls Next Door podcast, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, and then Leah is going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week and share her This Week in Petty Story. Let's get into it. The Kardashians, like, I say this every time I talk about the Kardashians. (laughs) It's like, they've had another bombshell week. Like, they just... They will never not be in the media, Um, but Kim and Pete allegedly have broken up. Mm -hmm. What were your first first thoughts when you heard about this? I was surprised that it was this soon. Um, I'm definitely in the camp of like, I do think it's a PR relationship. I don't think it's 100% fake in that like, I don't think that they just literally you know, go on a walk outside and get their picture and then go home and don't talk to each other. Like, I do think that it's more of, you know, they are friends. I don't think they're in love. Like, I think, you know, maybe they sleep together and have fun or whatever, but it's not, you know, serious or anything like that. They were never going to get married. And I do think it was the perfect move for her. And, you know, she is with this guy that's talked about all the time and that's their goal. Like they need to stay relevant so they can keep selling their products and selling themselves and their show and all of that. But how mad do you think Kim was when the baby was born the next day? Yes. <laughs> okay, so you think that they announced it and then Chloe's surrogate just went into labor? Or do you think that like they purposely came out at the same time? It has to be. It has to be that she just went into labor, right? Because mm. Chris would not allow the Pete and Kim story to get cut off so quickly. It did you know? get cut off really quickly. And everyone was talking about how Pete and Kim were together for nine months and then Chloe's baby was born after nine months and stuff like that. And I was like, that's getting a little like too on the nose. Like Chris Jenner works hard, but she's not like fucking God. She's not right. <laughs> she's not making all these events happen like to that much of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you that I think that, yeah, still a PR relationship, but I think that they have, like, a mutual respect for each other and definitely hung out together. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, again, that was for the purposes of making it look real or that they just enjoyed each other's company. I think I started to get even more suspect when her skincare line came out and she was like, Pete and I love skincare and like had all these like (laughs) anecdotes about Pete loving skincare. And I was like, I just like don't think that's his like jam. And then (laughs) the other one was when there was like a Skims line that came out that was specifically like the boyfriend fit of like t-shirts and kind of like boxer style briefs and stuff like that. And I was like, again, a little too on the nose, but For some reason, and maybe it's just because, again, I've been away on vacation and I haven't been able to scour the internet. I feel like they're not broken up. Oh, interesting. I I just, like, don't believe it that they would, like you said, break up so early and not, I don't want to say milk their relationship longer, but it seems like, again, they, maybe not beloved, but I think that people really liked their content, so... I just really saw maybe like a winter breakup or something like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe they'll be seen together again or if this is like really they're really broken up for sure. But I feel like he just started hanging out with their kids and stuff. And like so I'm like, why? I guess relationships end for any number of reasons. But I'm like, why now? It just seems like they were just ramping up. Mm-hmm. I agree. And 
you know, I think that some of it has to do with Kim's image as a more serious lawyer and businesswoman. The next guy is going to be someone who is more of an intellectual. I think this was like somebody fun and light, somebody that makes me laugh, somebody younger, not so intense like Kanye with the drama constantly. Um, and now I think she's going to move into a space where it's like, whether it's a real relationship or not, like I think this goes either way. If it's another PR relationship, I think it's going to be a more intellectual, serious guy. Or if she's like, I've had it with the PR relationships, I just want to be happy. I also think it's going to be a guy like that. Because remember when um, she first announced the divorce and the rumor was Van Jones? Yes. That had to have been planted by Chris. 100%. And she like kind of like leaned into that. Like they didn't let those rumors die. Like for sure she was into that. Totally see somebody like that. You know, somebody that cares about world issues and is going to, you know, Kim can be seen at events that represent those things. She can get involved with more charities. You know, maybe she'll do like a documentary where she's visiting the Sudan or something like that with her correspondent boyfriend. I could totally see that. Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, she was on, like, her, I just turned 40, I'm having fun, dating around, drinking, partying a little bit, and then we know her sights are set on her career as a lawyer, finishing, like, her, like, pseudo-law school, maybe, I don't know, running for political office, so I could definitely see her with, like, who is um, Rosario Dawson with? Oh, I don't Corey know. Cory Booker? No, that doesn't oh, sound right. Oh, 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 yes. Cory Booker? Yes, okay, yes, yes. I thought they, did they break up? They did break up. Yeah. They did break up. But it's like I could see her with someone like that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny. Sometimes I think like people like Kim Kardashian, sometimes I think that they don't, ha- will never have a normal romantic relationship. <laughs> like that, Yeah. like just kind of like even like the president, like a, a president or someone like that. Like sometimes I'm like, if you weren't together with your spouse, like, I feel like you just don't have relationships like us normies. Yeah, it's almost that she's too deep in the weeds of celebrity. She cares too much about it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. You know? Her image is so crafted and stuff that even if she wasn't a real relationship, they would still have these kind of PR moments on the street and stuff. So right. just fascinating. So then, yes, the baby of the hour chloe and tristan (laughs) surrogate baby um was announced so kim's and pete's news came out like friday afternoon and then like saturday morning it was announced that chloe and tristan had welcomed their baby boy and then like a few days later there was like those rumors that chloe had broken up with her private investor boyfriend does he exist no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's okay. 100% the definition of like, oh, I have a girlfriend. Like, she goes to another school. <laughs> or like, we're long distance. We like Skype or like whatever. Like, <laughs> right, right. It's just, it's 100% not true. Like, I, that's one thing I will lay my life down for. Like, <laughs> the Kim and Pete thing being PR, like, oh, I could be wrong. But this, I am not wrong about. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's been so interesting seeing all of this Chloe and Tristan stuff because he's he was gallivanting around Europe. It seems like, like I was reading in the news last night, that he hasn't met the baby yet. So 
<laughs> that's so important to him you know I know I know well, he had, I don't think he met his son that was born in December either so no, why why be bogged down with children I mean you have truly. so many women to sleep with you have so many drugs to do it's just you know it's a ball and chain several balls and chains at this point <laughs> <laughs> literally like it's so wild do you think Tristan will ever like clear like clear his name in the press or kind of have like a redemption or do you think that he'll just always be known as kind of like a Kardashian baby daddy with like these I don't know cheating allegations following him Uh, I mean I kind of see him being like Eddie Murphy who doesn't Eddie Murphy have like 12 baby mamas or something and you know I I heard Mel B talking about how like you know they try to make everything nice on Christmas and they all get together all the baby mamas and all the kids and everything I mean he would have to do that with like a big group picture kind of like Mm -hmm. the Kardashian Christmas card with all the kids and all the baby mamas and you know be like I've made good by all these people but I don't see that happening until he's like 50. I know, I know. You know, know, he doesn't want to. That's the thing is, like, you have to want to change. You know, people always say, oh, people don't change. People change if they want to change. If it's everyone else that wants them to change, nothing is happening. So I don't know. I don't see it happening for a long time. 100%. And it was really interesting because in, I think it was Chloe's uh, post made by Chloe, she said True finally has a sibling. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, she has... Technically, two other siblings. Like, <laughs> no, that oh you're just like not God. including in this. Like, it's Chloe. so wild. And like, I have a bunch of like friends and podcast friends and everything that have half siblings or sub siblings, and they're like, "Well, they're still my siblings." Obviously, that sounds like the bleakest statement, but like, obviously, they're still my siblings. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that's like," <laughs> because I'm like. Chloe, with Kendall and Kylie, you you don't say, oh, that's my half-sister. You're like, that's my sister. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, that's so, I don't know, just sad. But maybe those kids will connect over their wild upbringing when they're teens or, like, in their early 20s or something. Yeah. You know, it's tough because I love Chloe. I really do. And I want the best for her. But I mean, you can't deny that she got really lucky because her family like became famous right at the time where she really had to like figure out what she was going to do in her life. And she just kind of was able to coast. And I feel like Courtney took up most of the drama with Scott and everything. And she didn't really have to do a lot on the show. And then she married Lamar and it was like, okay, she's getting a little more interesting. Why did she marry this guy after one month and all that kind of stuff. And I love her sense of humor and I love her style. I think she's gorgeous. As we talked about, I am obsessed with Good American. Legitimately yes. the best Kardashian brand and my favorite denim brand. But you you know, you know, can't deny that she sees her children as legitimate and the other ones as illegitimate. You know, and she like it's almost like she blames them, even though they're just like innocent little babies who didn't ask to be born. And, you know, it's like include them in your in your um, like have a play date. You have endless money. You can do whatever you want. You can fly them out and their moms and you can say, look, we've all been wronged by the same guy. Let's bond. I'm not I don't hate you. Like, I get it. I was charmed by him, too. And I, you know, like I'm stuck in this scenario just the same as you are. So why don't we just like embrace it? You know, she could do that. But instead, she's just like finally (laughs) finally Tristan had another baby I know I know a legitimate baby like in her eyes especially because they put such an emphasis on like all the cousins 
Right. Like, like all of the distant kids are always with the Kardashian kids and dreams there and like all of that. And so, yeah, you would just think that she would want to include these other people. But yeah, it doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. No, she's in her own world because she doesn't have to be anywhere else. You know, that's how it is with a lot of these celebrities. Like, you know, they don't care about anything else because they don't have to. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. And I wonder if these women were more, yeah, like A-list or whatever, that there would be a different relationship. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. But since they're just like (laughs) lowly influencers or whatever, like, yeah, I just feel like they're not going to get the time of day. Oh, my God. If he knocked up Rihanna, Chloe would be over there so fast. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay, the next story we wanted to chat about was Victoria Beckham and Nicole Pelt. I feel like this is so interesting because, A, I love Victoria Beckham. She was, like, my favorite Spice Girl. Just, I've followed her career. I just love her so much. But I feel like we don't usually get negative press around their family so Nicola Pelt uh she's 27 she's the daughter of a billionaire Nelson Pelt like very like Republican probably like NRA money she married Brooklyn Beckham who's 23 the oldest of the um Beckham kids in April 2022 and there's been rumors leading up to the wedding and post-wedding that Victoria and Nicola don't get along. And it's like so interesting, some of these like kind of back and forth things that we've seen in the press. Do you think that there's any like legitimacy to these rumors that they're in a feud? Honestly, I don't know, but I feel like it depends on... Here's the thing. I'm an Aries and so is Victoria. So... (laughs) We are natural born leaders and we will take over anything. So I could totally see Nicola being like, I'm not even going to give her like a hair of a chance to be a part of this wedding because then it's going to be the Victoria Beckham wedding. And, you know, she's a billionaire. This this girl, her dad is whatever. She doesn't need Victoria to, like to connect her with designers and a venue and all this stuff. Right. And, you know, maybe Victoria would have really enjoyed doing that, you know, so I could totally see her being disappointed. It's her first son. Um, And, you know, why did he have to get married at 23? I mean, oh, my God, could Victoria and David be thrilled about that? I mean, yes, it's to a billionaire, but they're almost billionaires. I mean, I don't know how much money they have, but (laughs) it certainly doesn't matter at this point. You know that. So I don't get it. I think just date for a while and. If you're so in love, you're going to be together forever and you just have to get married. Why not wait a while? You could if you're going to be together forever anyway, get married in five years, you know, so I could totally see Victoria like not being thrilled with the whole situation and also, you know, being kind of offended that she wasn't included if that is in fact the case. Yeah, that's such a good point because you're right. So Nicola Pelt, obviously, I she's a socialite, so she has press, but she doesn't have the the name recognition obviously is Victoria Beckham and you're right with a wedding of a Beckham child a lot of the focus would be on him and his family Mm -hmm. so I totally understand why you would maybe not want to include her as much in the wedding planning um it's interesting too that you said about 
how she wouldn't need like connections to designers and stuff because I feel like Brooklyn's ex-girlfriend Chloe Grace Moretz was like the opposite where she would have needed introductions to like fashion houses and stuff Mm -hmm. and she was seen on like multiple occasions wearing Victoria Beckham's own line so that was really interesting too but with her type of money like you're right she's not maybe as much needed and maybe Victoria didn't love that it was also interesting because she wasn't included I guess the Beckham family weren't included at like the head table of the wedding it was just the Peltzes and they were like really upset and I was like maybe the Peltzes think that the Beckhams are the ones with like like maybe they're embarrassed of them like you know how there's like billionaires that are just like so much more rich but don't have to have the fame mm-hmm. and it it's like they almost are above famous people which is like I think wild to me I'm like maybe that's how they view the Beckhams oh totally I could see them being like oh my god them and their tabloids and yes you know like her and her stupid diets and you know him and the cheating and whatever we don't do that nonsense I oh totally yeah I could see that and also I could see I could see Victoria just kind of like checking out because as soon as she realizes that Nicola is just not going to include her, then she's suddenly going to act above it all. And she's going to be like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I don't care anyway. 100%. Yeah. It's like she's played this game for, for a really long time. So, yeah, yeah, she can definitely do that. I can't believe they didn't have them sitting at the head table. I know. That's like super weird. I think that was reported by page six because they wrote a big article about them talking about the feud. Nicola posted on like Instagram that she like she was crying and she was having a bad day and people assumed it was because of all the press coming out about the relationship which must be hard like I feel like in-law relationships can be strained or like difficult to manage and stuff like that and like reading about that or like your failures as like a daughter-in-law or whatever or alleged failures must be pretty rough what does she do like does she pretend to have a job or, like what's the deal that's a good point. I actually don't even know. Like, I'm pretty sure she's just a socialite. Let me look it up. Which, like, okay. cheers. Like, that. that's my dream job. Like, to, <laughs> to just go out and have fun. And so that also might be something that Victoria doesn't respect. Because even though she did come from a rich family, those Spice Girls work their asses off. 100%. You know, a lot of people think they were this manufactured package thing, but they weren't. They actually like hustled, you know, in these like warehouses with no air and conditioning for years where they just practice and practice for eight hours. And so, you know, I could see Victoria being like, this girl doesn't even know what real life is or whatever. 100%. So she is listed on Wikipedia as an actress. Okay. But, the, but it looks like. So she has credits for Transformers, the one that came out in 2014, Age of Extinction, and then the A&E drama series Bates Motel, which okay. Bates Motel is big. That's something, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then her family, the Peltz family, um, are in the business of like wealth management gotcha. and investment, are they- investments in New York. Are they British? No, they're based in New York. Oh, okay. So wait, is Brooklyn going to live in New York now? 
That's the other thing because I it's interesting like the the Beckhams did their stint in the U.S. but ended up back in the UK and I wonder if that's another thing is I'm assuming Brooklyn and Nicola will continue to live in the States and maybe that's another tension point. Mm. I wonder if Victoria has a place in New York. I know she has they a must. place. They must. I know she has a mansion in Miami. Yes. But I mean, I could totally see her being like, well, you know, she took my baby boy away from yes. the United Kingdom. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah. they. I feel like they are the type of couple that would have real estate in like the major cities in the U.S. But yeah, maybe it's still too far away from home. He's been doing some like weird business ventures as well, like kind of he had the series, like the web series about cooking and he changed his Instagram handle to at Brooklyn Pelts Beckham. He got that huge like married tattoo on his arm. Like he's just, I don't know. He wears like a newsboy cap. I just. (laughs) (laughs) That being the most disturbing of it all. Yes. Like Um, I just, he just has some weird (laughs) career choices is what I'm getting at. (laughs) Well, I have to say the one thing that I love is the Instagram name change because no offense to anyone, any woman who has changed their name to their, their man's name. It is completely fine. But me personally, I will not do it because I just find that, you know, I don't I have a name already. If I didn't have one, that'd be different. <laughs> but I do. Um, and I think it should be more like in this day and age, it should be more like, OK, whose name sounds better? What name do we want? Do we want to mix the names. Maybe I'll take your name. You'll take my name. What do we want to do? And instead of just automatically. I mean, I feel like all the girls that I went to high school with, they get married and literally 30 seconds after they say I do, the Facebook has changed. And I'm just like, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't it, it's from an outdated time when people would be like okay well dads would be like I'm here's my daughter and also I'm giving you a cow um for the dowry (laughs) and it's like and so you know you're gonna take she's gonna take your name now she's your responsibility and I just don't sit well with that so I love that he put her name in the middle of his name I think that that's really sweet but also it could be like an F you to mom right like if mom is pissed it could be like well I'm Brooklyn Pelt's Beckham now you know totally and again their family name might get them into different doors than the Beckham family name could so right but yeah I completely agree I love like joint names or um taking on both names or like things like that because yeah it's such an outdated tradition and again no judgment whatever you do but also, so much paperwork that I just. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I sit in. It's so funny. I love the Friends episode when Phoebe goes to change her name after getting married and she realizes she can change it to anything. Yeah. Because I didn't even, I feel like that Friends episode taught me that. Like, I think I thought <laughs> that when you legally sign your marriage document, your name is just like changed. I didn't realize you could go change your name to anything. Totally. So, and it's like, we just do it because it's like, it's a tradition. If we had grown up hearing that when you marry someone, you pick an entirely new last name that no one's ever had, then that's what we would do. So it's like, whatever. 100%. 100%. Brooklyn and Nicola kind of chatted about this to the media. They were just like, there's no feud. Nicola was like, I couldn't wear Victoria's line because we couldn't get it tailored in time or something like that. So we had to use someone someone else and are you kidding me yeah some of those things I was like "Eh, that's that seems a little bit sus but like it's interesting that they've 
been notified that this is happening and are obviously following it really closely. So we will see. Wow. Victoria Beckham definitely doesn't eat. She definitely doesn't sleep. She would have been there herself with the needle and thread. Like I have no doubt. 100%. And like, I guess, okay, last thing I want to say about this couple, like, okay, if you had one wedding, one wedding outfit and stuff like that, yeah, maybe it's not the mother-in-law's couture line like that's fine but she did like a week's worth of activities I was like you could have tossed on a dress at one of the fucking engagement parties or something like that yeah and what an honor like imagine being so rich and so connected that Victoria Beckham is your mother-in-law and you're just like eh, if I have time I'll maybe try on a pair of pants 100% I would be I mean me too like you said I am obsessed with the Spice Girls have been since you know, childhood. And like I said, I'm an Aries. Like I, I take control of things and I probably would be a hundred percent in control of my wedding in any scenario, except if Victoria Beckham was the mother-in-law, I would just be like, tell me what to do. I will do it. You are fabulous. You are everything. And I know if you plan my wedding, it'll be the greatest wedding of all time. So I have no fears. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, I would give up all reins to Victoria Beckham. Like, how could you not? But any of the Spice Girls, sporty, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) like literally, I'm fine with any of them. Truly. (laughs) Well, we'll see how this plays out next. But yeah, waiting on the edge of my seat just because... Yeah, I feel like we don't get negative Beckham news. It's always just like we're the cutest family at like sporting events and stuff like that. So this was juicy. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next thing we wanted to chat about was Holly Madison and Bridget. I'm going to say her last name right, wrong. Mark Marquet? Marquart. Marquart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gave my best like <laughs> <laughs> like maybe French interpretation (laughs) but they're doing a rewatch podcast of the girls next door and it's called the girls next level I am just so excited for this I cannot wait it's like if I could choose like a kind of obscure tv show for someone to do a rewatch of it would be the girls next door yes I mean you know it's my favorite reality show of all time It's so good. So that makes total sense. Yeah. Which is saying something because I host a podcast called the Ashley and Jessica cast. Yeah. yeah. And they both had TV shows. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Newlyweds is right up there. Like Newlyweds is almost just as good. But I don't know. The I have been so completely fascinated with that show since the first time I saw it. And I remember I was very young when it came out. So I remember seeing the commercial on E and being like, I don't want to watch like I was a brat. I was like, I don't want to watch a show with Hugh Hefner and his three gold digger girlfriends and whatever. And then I remember I was in the kitchen with my mom. We were like baking cookies or something. And the show came on after something else we had been watching. And, you know, neither of us were going to like stop and go change a channel. And within mm, about three minutes, I was like, I love these women so much that I can't stand it. I'm transfixed and I have watched every episode like 10 times since then. So <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait. And I've been watching Holly's been doing her own rewatch series on her YouTube channel, Yes, but we're not getting any other person's opinion. And everybody sees things differently, experiences things differently, remembers things differently. So I am very interested to hear what Bridget has to say, because I feel like 
Bridget by far got the best deal out of the three girlfriends and had the best time. And as a result, most likely has the least amount of trauma. So I'm really interested at how she interprets that part of her life because I feel like there's absolutely no way it's going to be as negative as Holly. But at the same time, she has to acknowledge that this was a messed up situation. And I, how much of Holly's experience did she share? And I think, I think Kendra saw the whole thing as more of a job and an opportunity. Like I'm, I'm out of the strip club. I'm in a mansion. Like I'll, I'll live with any annoying girls. I don't care. You know, I'm eating five star meals every day. And I think Holly and Bridget invested their hearts and souls and their dreams into it. And they put a lot into Playboy, which is now an image that's very much cracked and complicated with the secrets of Playboy and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be fascinating. And I I probably will listen to the first episode at least twice. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. It's so cool how like this is why I love how democratized the like social media is where it's like Holly had something to say. She started her own YouTube video and then it ended up morphing and shifting into like, I'm assuming a paid podcast opportunity and we reap the benefits of that. Like I'm just, it's so cool and I'm so excited. But yeah, you're right. Like Holly and Kendra over the years have really talked about their experiences. The Playboy Mansion, I've seen less from Bridget Mm -hmm. just because I don't follow them to like such an a um like probably to the degree that you follow them but they're they're always orbiting (laughs) in my circle but yeah obviously it's just been really interesting and sad hearing especially Holly's side of things like I listened to her the caller daddy episode I listened to her rewatch episodes on YouTube um I've read her memoir like all of those things and Yeah, and just, you're right, just to be able to see how it's going to act with her counterpart, I'm just really excited to see that. I wish Kendra was there for the, just so it's well-round, like, so it's everybody's perspective, like, that would be the dream, but they obviously aren't on speaking terms and haven't, like, made up, so Mm -hmm. we're not going to get that. Have you heard uh Kendra's like recent interviews when she was promoting her reality her new reality show with the the realtor thing no so Kendra is completely dismissive of everything that happened during the Playboy Mansion time I mean it's 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 like chilling because she like people will bring it up of course because when you interview Kendra Wilkinson obviously you're not going to be like so you know what's the latest house you've shown or whatever you know yeah yeah I'm sorry but I I, I'm happy for her but no so I you know she's just like I don't even think about that anymore like she's very defensive she's like that was my college years you know it's just so weird like she'll like laugh at interviewers and be like snotty about it and she'll be like it's so weird like do you have somebody asking you about your like freshman year of college all the time 20 years later like it's whatever and, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, um, you know like they're sweating. They're like, Holly is doing a, a rewatch. She's like, I would never do that. What, you know, like what? Why would you do that? That was a million years ago. Like, move on. Like, and, and everything people say to her, like anytime people try to like push her on it, she's like, I'm a mom. 
Like I'm focused on my kids and that's all I care about. And it's like, well, Holly has kids too. And I'm, you know, she's focused on them, but at the same time, everybody asks her about this. She will never escape it. I don't care if she cures cancer. Everyone will still be like, so what was it like in the bedroom with Hef? It, I'm sorry. It's just, it's the fact. And I think Holly embracing that and facing it is a lot healthier than what Kendra has been doing, you know? And yeah. maybe, maybe Kendra really does feel like Hef was great and she doesn't relate to the secrets of Playboy stories. And maybe that's true for her, but you don't have to be like an asshole about it when people are interviewing you. You know, I just, I think she has work to do there. Like, I think she needs like trauma therapy or something. 100%. Like there's two things that I really think about that. A, I feel like she's blocking a lot off. Yeah. Which I think if she doesn't want to talk about it to the press and she's saying that, that's fine. But I hope she's talking about it with someone because I definitely think that a lot of what she, like her inability to talk about it or her refusal to talk about it probably stems from it being really harmful. And I think you're right that like, I think every girl's experience was different because, well, there was like the main girlfriend and then the other girlfriends, but then also... It seems like when I've been, when I've researched or listened to people talk about it, many girls had different experiences. And so I don't want to assume that the same things happened to Kendra. But I think that the fact is, is this is a guy that had multiple girlfriends and like an exploitative magazine. So I'm like, even if you don't want to talk about the drug use or the sex or the abuse or whatever, those parts are like factual and things that we could all see from the get go. So yeah. And then the second thing that I just think about Kendra too is like, I know there's such a part of me that it's like, I get when celebrities are like, like if I was Jennifer Aniston and people like, how what was it like taping friends and I'm like fuck that was like 30 years ago like I've done a thousand other things like whatever I would probably be annoyed too but I do really like when people embrace it like how Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Cluddy like finally started embracing Laguna Beach and stuff like that because I'm like that is so pivotal for not only you in the time but us like Laguna Beach was pivotal for me. It sounds like Girls Next Door was pivotal for you. Like all these things, like it impacts us too. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, just talk about it. <laughs> we want to talk about I know. it. Like, yeah. Like it's sorry for still being interested in interested in that, but that is like such a big deal. So I don't know. There's, I feel like there's two sides to to that. I would be annoyed yet honored at the same time if I kept if people kept asking me about things but anyways did you have a favorite out of the three or do you now I think I always liked Holly because yeah she was like seemed like the most like hopeless romantic she loved her Disney princesses like she just when I was growing up and stuff like that I just loved that like very traditional like I don't think I'm like that as much anymore but like it just seemed like the definition of femininity and stuff like that, which again, I know that's not the case, but yeah, I definitely feel like I gravitated more towards her, but I always, 
appreciated Bridget and Kendra too for what they brought to the show. Yeah, I was obsessed with all three of them. Like I was so fascinated and still am that he at the time could have had any girl, you know, and they're all flocking to the mansion and they're like desperate to, (laughs) I can't, but you know, he could have had any of them. And he, so he picked these three girls and I was like, Oh my God, he didn't, he doesn't just like sleep with these like brainless bimbos. Like they all three have these unique personalities. They're super interesting. I mean, even Kendra, like, I mean, Bridget and Holly are definitely intelligent. Kendra, like, it was ditzy but even she like was smart about certain things like she had street smarts and like she knew everything about sports and you know she cared about what she was focused on and that was basically it and everything else she was like why are we doing this yeah i don't want to paint um you know an egg or whatever um you know yes. doing oh all those God. activities i know but i love that <laughs> like i again i was like that seems like a lot of fun like a sleepover with your friends and you get to do fun activities that like most people would think is like childish like I know anyways I think it would have been fun too (laughs) yes but I just felt they made him look so good because they made him look like oh like he actually does care about their personalities and you know whatever and he owes them everything because even though his image is pretty much like getting shattered now they are responsible for him having this huge resurgence in the early 2000s. And people like me that were like preteens that were like, oh my God, Hugh Hefner is so sweet. Like he, oh my gosh, you know, like he laughs at all their jokes and, you know, it's a real relationship. Like Holly loves him. You know, I mean, I was that person. So, I mean, I didn't think he was like a saint. I was still like, this is insane. And I would never move into that house. But, you know, I was like, oh, this works for them. And I get it. And now I'm like, So, I mean, they really had the world fooled and I just think that's impressive. Yeah, I definitely think like they didn't think that the show, the girls would be seen in such a good light from the show and that that we would care about the girls individually and about their personalities and their well-being. Mm -hmm. I think that they thought they were shooting a sexy, fun reality show and were like, oh no, these are like, humans with brains and hearts and like yeah hopes and dreams and like all of this stuff so yeah it is really interesting that everything's like coming to light and I'm just glad that these girls will have their chance to share more of the you know the story and because it seems like we're we kind of are getting like the full picture nowadays so yeah. yeah. I, I just really need Bridget to actually go there because I'm afraid that Bridget is going to be like, oh, my God, Gizmo is so cute. Ha, ha, ha. And like, I can't. You know what I mean? I can't do that. It's been like 20 years and we're not doing that. So I need her to actually talk because I I know that she's been in a relationship after she left the mansion. You know, she started dating this guy, Nick Carpenter, who is the grandson of Hal Roach, who is like a Hollywood icon. So he has a ton of generational wealth i'm guessing that's how she has like supported herself all these years because she's done like little things like she had a halloween costume line for a while and you know she has a podcast and but that only like came out a couple years ago so i'm just like how was she supporting herself and like what what has she been doing all day since she left the mansion because she she was actually the first one who got a really big opportunity outside the mansion with Bridget's Sexiest Beaches, her TV show. That was before Kendra and Holly had shows. That was before, you know, everything happened. So you would think that she was the one who was going to have a hosting career or something. 
And I think it's shocking. I think it is shocking that she is not on HDTV, Travel Channel, yeah. um, Discovery Plus, like all those things. How is that possible? Like how, I, I, I mean, what happened? You know, I know that at some point she and her boyfriend, Nick, uh, pitched their own reality show to E! And they rejected it. So I don't know if they took it to anybody else or what. But is that like after, was that just like such a trying process that she just gave up? I don't understand. So I, I really hope that she's honest because I know she's writing a book. And I want the whole story because I like even her past, like before the mansion, you know, she moved into the mansion when she was like 29. So that's crazy, right? Because Kendra moved in at 18. I believe Holly was like 21. Yeah. Those are babies, you know, and 29, you've lived a whole life. She was married. You know, she yeah. stayed married the whole time she was in the mansion. They were separated, yeah. obviously. But yeah, um, I just that's fascinating. Like what what went on there? So I need Bridget, if you're listening, <laughs> she's a huge ready to be petty fan. Yeah. And, and please just be honest. I need the whole story. Truly. And I really hope that Holly rubs off on her because I feel like Holly nowadays is like, I'm not holding anything back. I'm going to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. And like she talks about, yeah, like her neurodivergent diagnosis. Like she talks about literally everything. And I hope that that rubs off on Bridget because I could totally see and we've seen rewatch podcasts be surface level. Mm -hmm. And especially with this type of one where there was so much abuse behind the scenes like I really really hope that they go there oh my god they were having dog birthday parties at the same time that like Holly was finding a tape that said girl with dog yep okay like that is the trigger warning that (laughs) that is like the most bizarre paradox I've ever heard in my life and I just I need the whole story so I'm literally so obsessed I can't wait yeah, me too. Me too. I'm so excited. Okay, let's continue on our like 2000s girl journey. We're going to talk about Lindsay Lohan next. I'm so upset. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I was in New York and she's been in New York and I was like, that would have been someone that I just would have loved to come across. Like that would is, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. But she looks so happy and healthy and well, in right. the most like recent paparazzi pictures that we've got of her and her her husband, mm-hmm. you really wanted to chat about her, and you phrased it, Lindsay Lohan's comeback. Why do you think she's like on the up and up? Mm-hmm. How did she get here? And like, yeah, like what's her journey back to the U.S. and? landing this Netflix movie and her ads with Planet Fitness and stuff like that. Like, how did she get here? Why now? Is it the husband's influence? Like, I just, I don't know. And I want to know so bad. I think that she is someone that really had to make serious changes in order to get better because her addiction and her trauma is so deep seated. You know, it goes back to her being like three and four and, you know, her dad kidnapped her out of the courtroom when they were having a family hearing and things like that. I mean, it's just so deep within her. And I think that what I was saying before about how you have to want to change as I'm doing all this research on her and all her various rehab stays, um, of which there are numerous, numerous <laughs> rehab stays, uh, numerous court appearances, 
I feel like through a lot of that time, she didn't really want to change. She was like, I'm a functioning alcoholic and it's fine. And it wasn't because obviously she went from starring in movies like Mean Girls to movies like Labor Pains yeah. uh, and The Canyons and things like that. So that wasn't exactly working for her. But I think she was in denial. And I do think that she made a really gigantic change, which is she moved to Dubai years ago and got very comfortable there and has a whole life there and has, you know, friends and things, you know, to do all the time there that don't involve people following her around. And it really was like when I was trying to do this episode, because my new episode is is going to be the jail episode. I mean, the amount of coverage on her life is insane. I mean, I must have spent like 20 hours on this one episode. I'm not kidding. Because it's just so in-depth. Reporters were so down and dirty. They were paying people off left and right that were in jail with her, in rehab with her, trying to figure out everything. And it's like, you can say whatever you want about her, but nobody deserves that type of assault on their entire identity and very being. It's like people have to know everything. They have to follow her everywhere. And I just think, that we saw when you see a big change like that, like she's literally moving across the globe, not just I mean, the big key is that paparazzi are illegal in Dubai. But I also think, you know, as she's very close with her family, and she talks about that all the time, how much she loves her family. Um, but she also moved to the other side of the world away from them, right? So I th feel like that's incredibly relevant, because that's part of why she was the way she was. So I feel like she had to get away from everything that she knew. She moved to this place where the rules were completely different. The culture is so different. And I think doing that, I mean, how could you not grow? And how could you not learn from that? So I feel like that is major. And as far as why now specifically, I'm not really sure, you know, why not two years ago or three years ago or something like that something changed in between the Lohan beach house yes. and right now because yes. when she was on that Lohan beach house press tour I mean she still sounded like a 90 year old woman who smoked from age 12 um she was still in denial of a lot of things she was not making sense in some interviews not that I think she was high or drunk I don't but I think she was like just not wanting to get into her entire past. And that's really all people wanted to hear about. And now, I mean, on her podcast, she's just so thoughtful, you know, intelligent, articulate. And I'm really fascinated by the fact that her podcast, like she doesn't seem to be trying to have the most popular trendy podcast. Like it seems like she's just genuinely doing whatever she wants and interviewing who she wants. Because if, if that was me, I would be like, Lindsay, your first episode has to be Tina Fey. Jane Fonda, Dennis Quaid, like one of these big stars that you worked with, somebody who loves you and knows you, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, and you know, Rachel McAdams, anybody from Mean Girls, you know, I mean, why aren't you having like a whole big throwback of the early 2000s? Paris Hilton, you know what I mean? That would be trending everywhere. And I think she's just like not interested in that because she had, she got as big as you can get as an actress and she's over it. So I think now she just wants to like, kind of slowly roll out this comeback you know she had a song come out in 2020 which is actually like a decent song she she did this christmas movie which i'm sure is going to be very hallmark it's a netflix movie but it seems very hallmark and i'm sure it will be like cheesy and dumb and have the same plot we've seen a thousand times but that's okay because like it's kind of like a soft opening of a restaurant it's like we don't need to go full throttle and give her like you know this big dramatic role where she's like crying and doing all this stuff like she's just gonna be you know, sitting under the Christmas tree with Cord Overstreet and eating a gingerbread cookie. And that's fine. Like, 
that's fine. So she has two other movies in this Netflix contract. So nothing has come out about what are those about, what's happening there. So I'm literally foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog for that. I cannot wait to find out what she's going to do next. Like, is it going to be another just like basic whatever type of movie or is it going to be something that she can really sink her teeth into? Yeah, I love that. Okay, this is... Sorry, I know. <laughs> no, no, this is so on. great. Just because I'm like, what happened? Yeah, because I don't know. You're so right, though, because last time I had checked in with her, she was doing Beach House in Greece. And I was like, oh, this is still kind of like seems a bit off the rails. And then all of a sudden she seems to be thriving. Right. And yeah, she posted the picture like eating lunch with her dad, which I thought was really interesting and so interesting so interesting and then her podcast you're right I listened to the first episode with Bobby Burke and I was like she's a consummate professional she is such a natural conversationalist like I feel like people forget how talented she really is and how dynamic she is but you're so right and okay a I think it's about like having Tina Fey or Rachel McAdams or Dennis Quaid like I would fucking die yeah exactly but (laughs) I feel like a I feel like she's burnt some bridges and she's slowly rebuilding that so maybe that will come in season two of the lowdown but b you're right maybe she's just kind of moving on to some of this like not more wholesome but like just different things and I feel like again when you're a child star you are plagued by your like Again, she is probably asked every single day of her life what filming The Parent Trap and Mean Girls and stuff like that was like. So mm-hmm. I totally get wanting to just do something a little bit different. So yeah, uh, the the Bobby Burke episode that I listened to was really cool because she was talking about like her own interior design and the architecture and stuff. And I was like, and how moved she was by um, Queer Eye. And mm-hmm. yeah, it it's, it's just really sweet. So obviously wishing the best for her yeah and the second episode was salt and pepper yeah that's everything like what why why you know (laughs) and like as like the Jeanette McCurdy book and stuff is coming out and people are hearing more about child actors and we do know Dina and it's Michael right Mm -hmm. we do know a lot about their like history but I just feel like I have a I don't know, a soft place in my heart for people who grew up in this industry. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I even more have a a soft spot in my heart for people that deal with addiction because I have a lot of family members that have dealt with it since I was born. Like, it's a constant problem in my family still to this day. So I think I just, my heart just really goes out to her because I do know, even from like a scientific standpoint, if you combine the hereditary nature of addiction with trauma, it is a matter of time before you become addicted to something. Honestly, the statistics are, I mean, almost unbeatable. So it's really like you could say all you want. Well, she, you know, she chose to pick up the drink or whatever. It's like, yeah, but these things are like, you have a predisposition to these things sometimes. Totally. And when you're the biggest star in the world, which she was at one point, I mean, at least the biggest actress, you can have anything you want. Imagine being 17 and you can have anything you want. Totally. 
Totally. Oh, who would not? I mean, look at Justin Bieber. God. Totally, totally. You know? Yeah. And people always talk about, and I, like, agree with it, like, with these, like, young Hollywood people, it's like, if you're going out every night drinking and so like, for us, what would be a normal night? Going out drinking and stuff like that. If you're doing that for, like, years, it gets boring. So, of course, you're going to throw some drugs into it, just like how I feel like a lot of celebs are into like wild sex it's like well if you're having sex with so many people so many hot models or whatever of course you're gonna like be into different things because it's gonna get boring after a while whereas like us normies yeah us normies don't have that like incessant like we can't party three nights a week or whatever five nights a week or seven nights a week like all these other people Mm -hmm. oh my god I don't even want to know what kind of freaky shit is going on on like Leo DiCaprio's yacht. Yeah. Because he's he's been having those parties for the past 30 years. So what could be happening at this point? You know, what what else? What other ground is there to cover? (laughs) Totally. Because it's like I went to house parties when I was in high school and then clubs when I turned 19, which is the legal drinking age in Canada. And it was like after a few years, you're like, "Mm, I've seen it all. I've seen every club. I've like had every drink. I've, you know, every night kind of starts to feel like the same. So... Okay, the next and last uh, 2000s girl we're going to talk about is Britney Spears in honestly the wildest twist of events because I did not think we were going to hear from Kevin Federline, which like was my bad because with all of the conservatorship stuff ending, it was only a matter of time before he chimed in, but... He sat down for an interview specifically talking about Britney, um, her parenting style, um, how she like just basically perpetuating the narrative that she is unhinged and like unwell and parts of it won't even go to air because they are that damaging. But he kind of started like an all out attack on Britney He released videos of Britney from like four years ago talking to her children, like parenting them. They were edited. They were, you know, you can't see their faces or what's going on. It's just a a snapshot of like an argument. No context. No context or anything. And she has responded. Sam has responded. Her lawyer has responded. But it's just another... Like, we just cannot ever let this go. Like, it's it's so sad and upsetting that she is still dealing with the fallout of this conservatorship months later. Yes. I mean, you know, you talk about the early 2000s girls. Britney is the greatest of them all, okay? Yes. She's my all-time favorite artist. I love her. Like, it's personal. Like, I love her so much. And I was um, so terrified when I saw about these videos. Before I actually watched them, I was like, oh, my God. Please don't let this shatter my illusion of Britney being a sweet angel. Um, And I think that's what I love about her so much is that she is a sweet angel, but she's also sassy and she doesn't take shit. And I love that, especially not from her teenage boys. So when I watched the videos, I was so relieved because I was like, This shows that even though she was being drugged, trapped, uh, forced to do things she didn't want to do, she still managed to competently parent her kids. And I mean, I I think that (laughs) when I heard her say 
you need to start respecting me. I am a woman. I mean, I felt alive for the first time since the circus tour. <laughs> I I was <laughs> I was suddenly like my whole body was tingling. I was like, yes, Brittany, yes. Oh my yes. God. You stand up for yourself, whether you are, you know, talking to your kids or your ex-husband or the new wife or whatever. And I just thought it was brilliant because anyone, I mean, of course, if your son is taking off his shoes and it's freezing cold, uh, you're going to be like, you can't do that shit. You know, you're going to get frostbite or something. And, you know, you're not listening to me and you need to start listening to me. And I, my, my favorite part was when she was like, and you are so weird right now because you're going through puberty. And, you know, the Southern accent jumped out. And I, I love that, like, when she's parenting, it's the strongest. I mean, when she starts parenting, it's literally like she's back at the Nyla Burger Basket in <laughs> Kentwood, Louisiana. And I loved it. I thought it was so great. And I was like, you know what? Kevin sucks, but I actually love him for releasing this because if this is the best he can do, all he proved is that she's actually a great mother. One hundred percent. I was like, is he? Is this going to be her beating them or something? You know, no, of course not. And I just find him so pathetic because he's had all this time. He's had so many years of getting this huge check every month and he could have done anything he could have built his own business from the ground up and been his own boss and done whatever he wanted and you know he could have totally turned his life around and instead he's like oh shit my kids are about to turn 18 and you know when the clock strikes 12 on Jaden's birthday my payments are over so what do i i gotta you know who who who's the highest bidder because i have dirt on britney and it's like okay she's just telling her son i'm your mother respect me I mean, okay, like, <laughs> I just, I mean, I have like a crazy Italian dad. And if, if the worst things he said to me were recorded, uh, I mean, probably, you know, I would have been thrown in some foster home, right? <laughs> like we all have those moments with our parents that are just like heinous. And this was not even anywhere near that. I know. It's so true. Like I listened to those videos and I was like, if that's what an argument in the Spears family looks like as like that is tame like come to come hang out at my house for a little bit like then yeah then you'll see um a real argument but like yeah it was so her which I love too because she was like talking about like things are weird for you and because you're going through period like but that is just so like not just her but that's a really good way of putting it and I felt like she was talking to her kids like like she got on the same level as them which I think is really important parodied but it's like she was like acknowledged that there's a lot of shit going on and that he might be acting out and that's okay because they're going through puberty but you there needs to be respect and listening to your mom and stuff like that I honestly thought it was kind of cute it was it was endearing it just made me love her 10 times more that's it you know it was actually kind of like good for her image and instead they tried to make it seem so horrible and you know the new wife Victoria who you know Brittany paid for your house so you know I would be like embarrassed about that but whatever and instead she's like oh how could a mother talk to their little child like that or whatever she posted uh I was like um easily because he was being a snot-nosed brat and that's you know all all 12 year old boys are like that (laughs) okay like and they have to be told like I mean she's just being a mom and any mom I'm not even a mom and I know that but I know especially moms hearing that were like are you kidding like absolutely you know it was totally no big deal 
Totally. And just like you said at the beginning, it's like, how can you parent under a conservatorship when you have all of your rights right. and freedoms stripped away? What does that leave you? So like, again, the way that she was talking with like compassion and like a plea for respect, completely normal. Yeah. Like, literally completely normal. It does make sense now that her sons weren't at the wedding. But I do mm-hmm. hope because she did talk about like parenting teenage boys is difficult on Instagram and stuff and I hope that they do end up like making amends and kind of healing that relationship because I can only imagine the shit that Kevin has talked about Brittany for the past 18 years or whatever and of course that would poison you against your mom if you're hearing from your dad someone that you love and respect these lies about your mom so yeah yeah I really hope that they can you know heal their relationship and because I know being a mom is like obviously really important to her oh my god even when she was at the height of her fame and she was doing like slave for you and stuff they'd be like where do you want to be in five years and she would be like oh I think I'm just gonna do singing part-time and I want to be a mom yeah you know literally always that is what she wanted you know and I my heart breaks for her that they wouldn't let her have a baby and now she's had a miscarriage and all that kind of stuff and I am just like praying that she gets pregnant soon and it's a healthy pregnancy and everything is fine and she can get another chance at this because I feel like so much was just ripped away from her and you know she has said like I accept that I am traumatized and I will never be better and that's uh, you know that's so heartbreaking but it's also kind of beautiful that she can like own it and be like okay this is these are the cards that I'm dealt so like what do I do now yeah and I feel like those boys must be so confused like I had people commenting on my Instagram and saying like oh I can't stand those boys and I'm like they are children and they have grown up in this environment that is like completely bizarre yeah you cannot wrap your mind around what it must be like because we really don't know and I mean I don't blame obviously I don't blame them at all and I just think like they both need to do they well both boys and then Brittany uh, you know need to do what is healing for them and like what is going to work best and then hopefully like they can somehow come together and like have conversations and you know as I mean it's it's so hard because like her son's brains are still developing (laughs) you know what I mean they're they're so young and it's like they've been molded and shaped by this like family that who knows what's going on. So I just like, I don't know. I don't know how she does it. I think she is the strongest woman alive. I I mean, the fact that she is still here and she is semi healthy at least. And she is, you know, I mean, there's rumors like, is she really a hundred percent free? I think there is some complication there, but like for the most part, I do think she is free now. And like, I just hope that she can have the healthiest, happiest, most fulfilling life possible whatever that means for her yeah absolutely yeah me too and I know it's interesting that we get to bear witness to like this aftermath of the conservatorship and stuff um but yeah I just wish peace and health and happiness for her absolutely okay let's do a quick pivot okay (laughs) to pettyweight champion of the week this is the part of the show where leah is gonna nominate a pettyweight champion of the week someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic leah who are you nominating this week okay i'm just gonna check instagram quickly because i need to make sure that this is still accurate what i'm about to say yes i've been waiting i've been waiting all day for this post okay it's it okay okay so it didn't happen i nominate j-lo because I am a stan of hers, so 
that's the first thing. But I feel like we are sometimes the most critical of people that we love because we just get them and we're like, come on, what's going on? So um, I'm petty about the fact that today is Ben Affleck's 50th birthday and she has not posted anything. No Gee. tribute video. No. I mean, for Father's Day, she posted a beautiful tribute video, which I'm sure her unpaid intern worked very hard on over a period of months. And I would like to see what they have cooked up for Ben Affleck's birthday. He is 50 years old today. It's very, this is a big deal because they just got married. And I feel like this woman, like she, you know, I love her. She's such an attention whore. She needs it so badly. And she has dangled this relationship in front of us. I still can't believe they're married again. I'm like obsessed with them. Um, And I just want to know like, what is like, why I thought that once they got married, she would be like more open about the relationship because I get the whole thing of like, she doesn't want to put too much out there because of what happened last time. But also like she still, she needs the PR and the attention to survive. I personally feel that JLo wakes up and looks like the swamp thing in the morning. And then as soon as she gets her like attention, she looks like JLo. <laughs> so so funny. I'm not like, I'm not kidding. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's just, I just think that like, if she doesn't post anything today, which it's currently 8.28 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and I, I'm just, I need something. I need a photo. I need, you know, and I also need her to acknowledge his gigantic back tattoo because she won't. <laughs> Literally. Okay, this is really interesting. Do you think, because they've been on their honeymoon, do you think something happened? Did they get in like an argument or something today? Like, no, they're together right now. I know they're every move. I'm sitting outside their hotel room right now <laughs> waiting for them to come out and they haven't. No, they're in New York. Oh, my God. OK, so what is up? Because you're right. Regardless if it's her posting or someone on our social media team, but someone is putting together a tribute video or the lengthiest Instagram caption we've ever seen or something on on the jlo.com. Right. Where is the newsletter? I'm a subscriber, obviously. Um, I got a notification as soon as she announced it and I subscribed immediately. Yes. And um, I would like my tea like you were supposed to provide it. And I find it very petty that she does this to us all the time. Seriously. So, <laughs> what, yeah, what could be the explanation if they're not in a tiff? She's celebrating too hard and maybe she's going to post tomorrow and be like, we had such a good time. We were so busy. Sorry. Like social media comes second to our relationship, even though we know that's not true. <laughs> I know Jennifer Affleck needs to come through because she legally changed her name and I just want to I want to see some pictures I want to you know we're not really getting on the JLo is not cutting it we're not getting enough yeah put your money where your mouth is and <laughs> give us the content <laughs> yeah you cannot do this because it's I've been invested since 2002 yeah so I years. need I need something 100% Okay, we will keep you posted if she does post, but <laughs> that's fascinating, and I hope we get an explanation. Maybe it'll be in the blinds or something. Okay, finally, it is time for This Week in Petty, where Leah is going to share a story about something that happened to her in her real life that she is petty about. What are you petty about this week? Okay, I have an interaction with a guy that Ooh, um, was sitting favorite, on me. Or least and favorite. <laughs> I know. It's who knows which one it is. Yes. Um, and it actually is kind of relevant to this podcast because his father is a celebrity. Okay. <gasps> so I can't say who it is. I can't say who it is, but I will give a clue, which is, I mean, he's not, it's not like Tom Cruise, right? It's not somebody that everybody knows. It's not a household name, but he, his dad is on 
one of the biggest shows right now. It's currently running. It wins all the awards. People are obsessed with it. So it, it's, you know, it's a pretty big show. And if I pointed it out, you'd be like, oh, I know who that is, right? Interesting. So, Can we do like a poll on RTBP's Instagram? <laughs> like, should we, should we, I'm just kidding. Can we do a Q&A box? <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to be up until 4 a.m. like checking, like, okay, who has a son that's an appropriate age? To, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, but this is true. So, um, about a year ago, he dated one of my closest friends just for like a week. And I run my own small business. And my friend told him about the business. And he was like, Oh, I would like love to be a part of that. Do you think she's hiring? And she was like, I don't know, let me ask. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I would love to have him. He actually was like qualified for it. And so she connected us and he came to my house and we did a fitting and everything. And um, he like observed on the job to see like what you know, if he would want to do it and everything. I am obsessed with the Kennedys. Like this, this story is going to go all over the place. Just so you know, I love it. Um, we're, we're buckled up. We're ready for okay. turbulence. Don't worry. <laughs> so he was in my apartment, and I have a ton of books about them, and I have like one of uh, Bobby Kennedy's campaign posters on my wall. So he was like looking around, and he was like, "What's with your uh, Kennedy obsession?" And I was like, "Oh, I just love them. It's obviously a very broad topic. Like, you know, we were we were like working and trying to get everything together. So I was like, well, we'll talk in the car or whatever." And we didn't. He really didn't say anything else about it. <laughs> I, I was just like. Yeah, I was just like, I love them, you know, just big fan of all of them. So he ends up dumping her after like a week and she was really upset about it. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say she was like devastated, but it was out of left field and, you know, it was just it was upsetting. And so, of course, I didn't end up hiring him because she's one of my best friends and that would just be so awkward. And he did. He was kind of like DMing me and stuff, but he wasn't being like too flirty. So I was like, oh, maybe he just wants the job or whatever. I didn't really know what it was. And so I just kind of like ignored him because, you know, I'm like a ride or die with my girlfriends. So I'm I'm not going to do anything. So he's I unfollowed him on Instagram as like a show of support. And um, he stayed following me and would always like check my Instagram stories all the time this entire year. Okay, because this was last August. So then a couple days ago, he like he starts like liking all my selfies and like you know he does like the instagram deep dive and starts liking everything and i was like oh jesus Interesting. so then he messages me and i was like hey what's up and of course i immediately texted my friend let's call her jill so i immediately texted jill and i'm like oh my god you know let's call him josh i'm like josh is messaging me she's like what why i'm like i don't know he's either he's either into me or he wants a job i don't know yes one of the um, so he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, we just got off on an awkward foot when we met and I, you know, just wanted to say hi. And he's like, and you're really cute and you're an actress and I know how hard the industry is and whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, if you're going to play this dad card, I can't because, you know, like I work in the industry too and I've been around a lot of celebrities. So like when he told me, like, of course I already knew because Jill told me about the, who the dad was, but I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't care. You know, you, like that's him. What are, what can you do? You know? So I was like, oh my God, if he's going to try this right now. And so he said to me that he, when he was in my apartment, he was looking at all my stuff and said, I was thinking, can I be her JFK? And I was like, first of all, when, why, I would love the confidence of a white man in his twenties. How can you think you're in the same league anyway? And I was like, no, you definitely cannot be my JFK because you dated my friend and I would never do that to her. And he was like, I totally understand that. But like she and I were so incompatible and we only dated for a week. And um, he's like, you know, she really doesn't care about politics like you do. And like, I need somebody who's so petty. Right. I was like, he's like, I need somebody who's more politically engaged. 
And I was like, you know, my podcast is the Ashley and Jess cast, right? Like, it's it's not the Bernie Sanders cast. And I I mean, I do care about politics, but I'm more of like a social issues girl, like Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ plus issues and stuff. So, I mean, I'm I'm afraid to check CNN every morning. Like, I don't, you know, I don't I I don't check it every day. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why I love the Kennedys is because that type of politics, like those type of politicians I would watch their speeches and it really inspire me as like, whereas today, I don't feel that way when I watch today's politicians. I'm not like someone who is going to talk to him about foreign policy all day. And the fact that he felt the need to like put down my friend to try to get to me is so bizarre because why would I ever, I mean, even if I didn't care about her, why would I want to be with someone who's like putting down this girl to get to me? Like, I don't find it flattering. I'm uncomfortable with this. And, you know, I told him flat out, like nothing can ever happen between us. And, you know, he could have said like, hey, I felt something for you that day. But like, you know, I I knew it was inappropriate. So I waited a year and I just thought maybe I would shoot my shot. And like, Jill is amazing, but it just didn't work out between us. But instead, he starts, you know, talking about he's like, I'm really worried about Ukraine. And I just feel like Jill doesn't care about things like that. And I'm like, she actually does. Like, I'm like, I've known her for years, you know. And um, and then he said the the icing on the cake, the the just the dumbest lie I've ever heard and the, the just the dumbest thing ever, um, which was Jill didn't even know who JFK was. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I I mean, besides the fact that, first of all, I've known her for like five years. So obviously I know that she knows who he is. But I mean, right? Like this is not an indie band. This is John F. Kennedy. Okay. And I just was like, that's, I was like, that's not, true you know and I just thought what a petty disgusting thing to make up like as if I'm just gonna be like oh really she didn't know that oh my goodness you're so cute I mean what was he I'm like of course for straws yes and of course I'm screenshotting the entire thing and sending it to Jill the whole time and she's like at first she was like kind of you know because I was like look he's kind of putting you down so if you don't want me to send you the screenshots I won't I was like but it's not super personal like I don't think you'll be hurt deep down because it's I'm like it's very silly (laughs) she's like okay send it to me so I sent it to her and she's like actually this is the best closure and I was like I know right because first of all how happy are you that he dumped you after a week so you didn't waste your time and also like you're not missing out on anything because the best he can do is like you know your friend doesn't even know who one of the most famous people in history is um and therefore I just I he's like you know it just makes me crazy because you care about history and like nobody else does and I'm like most people, I feel like, <laughs> like, this is not a, an underground topic. Like, it's just yes. so, it was so petty and so wrong. And, uh, you know, I just, as soon as I read that, because I, I, as soon as I, like, went over the bullet points that you sent me, I was like, oh, I have the perfect story. <laughs> I mean, I have heard a lot from men trying to sleep with me. Like, I have heard some bizarre things. But trying to convince me that one of my best friends of five years doesn't know who JFK is, that takes the cake. That's new. Like, that's (laughs) a new angle for sure. It's just so wild because you're totally right. Like, honestly, if they had a brief relationship and he met you and was, like, still thinking about you a year later, I could see if he was, like, laid it out like that. Like, we date... Me and your friend dated really briefly. I would want to try something out with you. And 
you know, we can navigate it really respectfully and like all of this. I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But like mm-hmm. going about it this way is so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. And I never would have gone with it anyway because first of all, yeah. I, like I said, I would never do that to my friend. Yeah, Second there's all, enough guys out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not my type either. So it's not like a big sacrifice on my part. But like. At least if he had said, like, you know, Jill is so great, but she's just not for me. Like, we just didn't click. What, you know, I totally get what you're saying, though. Can you and I be friends? I would love to discuss, like, some historical topics that I feel like you're into. And I don't meet a lot of girls that are into them. Like, you know, do you want to, like, get coffee or something and talk? And I would have been like, you know, as long as, like, we totally keep it platonic and, like, Jill is okay with it, then, like, maybe we can be friends. But, no, he just completely (laughs) shot himself in the foot and ruined it. Like, I will never talk to him again. And I want to know, also, if he didn't see the JFK stuff at your house, would he even know that? Because I'm like, was he asking Jill a lot of questions? Because, again, she is probably engaged in politics. Most people are, especially nowadays. But, like, was he asking her those questions or did he need a literal poster to, like, (laughs) he's like, oh, I don't meet a lot of girls that are into politics. It's like, or did you not ask? Like, (laughs) I know. And the thing is, what I said, one of the things I said to him was, like, maybe she just wasn't in the mood at the time to get into, like, a really deep discussion about she knew you for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, just the desperation. I, I'm I'm so over it. Totally. Politics are personal. Obviously, politics affect everybody. But when you have skin in the game, like, it's sometimes you don't want to talk about it, especially if you're, like, out on, like, some fun, flirty first couple dates. Like, especially, yeah, it's so, I don't know. Like, I'd want to talk about it. So I made sure I was dating someone who had the same values as me. But, like, I think specifically, like, it's not always the first thing that's coming up when you're, like, just trying to get to know somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And it, sometimes it's it's just, like, a really deep, serious conversation. And it brings up – I mean, it's triggering for some yes. people. Yes. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily want to do that right away. Like, I know in my relationships, it's usually, like, I've gotten to know people a little bit more. It's not usually, like, the first, <laughs> like, Yeah, conversation week. point. Yeah. So – Whatever. I just love how you're like, okay, he's like starting to like my posts and like viewing my stories and stuff. You're like, I know it's coming. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> like clockwork, he's sliding into your DMs. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. And he just like wouldn't stop talking about the Kennedys. And I was like, I don't even want to talk about them this much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's like I found my one in and I'm fucking sticking with it. Yeah. And he just wouldn't like I kept reject. I kept saying over and over again. I was like, I feel like you're not really accepting that like nothing can happen between us and he would oh every time he would be like I totally get it like that makes so much sense but But, you're so sexy can I call you and I was like no like how have I given you the impression that you're gonna get my number yeah yeah I keep saying no and he was like well can I send you a voice memo and I'm like no I don't like (laughs) no please stop (laughs) the worst clearly not good at reading signs in any capacity you're like we were almost colleagues like yeah Yeah. that's the other thing too is like you are almost his supervisor (laughs) I know I know well maybe he's one of those guys that like gets off on that because I feel like some guys are super intimidated by it and like if they find out I own my own business it's like oh but I'm the man you know it's like 
But other men are just like they want that like boss lady thing. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. I get that. I, I get that. I guess I'm just irresistible. I mean, yeah. you know, just like Jessica. It's... I was just gonna say to quote our favorite Jessica. <laughs> 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 my god so funny okay this has been so much fun can you tell the listeners where they can find you and anything else you want to plug absolutely so i do want to plug a short film that my friends and i made it's been debuting at film festivals so i'm really excited it's called 100 words and a couple weeks ago we debuted at the hamilton film festival up in new york and it was so surreal because it was the first time that i saw myself like in a real movie theater on the big screen and you know that just like blew my mind so it's not available yet publicly because we're taking it to more festivals tomorrow we're actually going to be at the hudson valley film festival um so i gotta go get my spray tan and you know <laughs> nice. like i you know i don't want to blind anybody um <laughs> with my translucent skin but i so i'm super excited about that again it's called 100 words it's about um a world where you can only say 100 words per day so after you finish that, you can still talk, but you make no sound. Your mouth just moves. So um, it's really cute. It's really funny. And um, it's by Late Night Hump Productions or LNH Studios if you are a Christian group and you don't want to hear <laughs> the word hump. Um, <laughs> and so I know that I go back and listen to podcasts from months ago. So look for it because it might be out by now by the time you're listening to it. And yeah, my go listen to the Ashley and Jessicast, my podcast. My Instagram is at Ashley and Jessicast. And and then my personal Instagram is at Capria Moon, C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And it's the same on Twitter. So check it out. Nice. Okay. I can't wait to check that out. That's so cool. And what an interesting concept. Thank you. Yes. I'm so excited about it. And um, I have to thank you for having me on because this was so, so fun. So I would. Fun. I mean, I could talk to you for like five more hours, but I Same. won't do that to you. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Leah for joining me on today's episode. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so in a variety of ways. You can subscribe <laughs> to the podcast and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can buy merch. Uh, we have a cute keychain and Starbucks cup. All the money goes to a small creator in California. The links are in my episode show notes. And the last thing is follow me at RTBP Podcast. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.